What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Everybody, everybody, everybody. You are listening to the bounce as always, folks. This is episode 53. Y'all know the deal is it's Christmas time. My name is Jabari Anderson with the co-host L'Oreal. How you doing, L'Oreal? It's the most wonderful time. Yes. The year. <laughs> and I am excited. I mean, four more days till Christmas. Sports mm. is going to keep rolling. We got football tonight, yes. then basketball, Christmas Day. I'm geeked. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm geeked too. I'm geeked too. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, you know. Christmas, snow. Well, technically, we don't have snow yet in Michigan, but it's, yeah, it's, it's going. Well, we gonna, got tornadoes and global warming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, don't come around here. That's all I gotta say. Shoot, because yes. you know, especially this COVID. You know, this. This Armarion, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get the show in a row. So, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the New Orleans Saints 9-0. In the middle of that game, they lost Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette. And let's just be real, Tom Brady did not have a good game. And, <laughs> and he had no touchdowns, one interception, one fumble. He went 26 out of 48 throwing attempts. 214 passing yards i mean he didn't do so well i mean he was terrible now Taysom hill he, he didn't do no better either with the saints i mean that man all that man do it listen if he wasn't running the football then it was going to be a wrap i mean that's that's how it was Taysom hill had 154 passing yards zero touchdowns yet the saints were able to make sure their defense was spectacular their, their defense like i said before is super bowl caliber i'm just going to be real with you right now and look, they had the field goals. They had three field goals. So that's how they got their nine points. But this is about the Buccaneers. And look, whatever you want to say, the Buccaneers, you know, look, they're obviously they're trying to compete for another Super Bowl. They are the reigning champs. But L'Oreal, let's let's keep it real because Chris Godwin is out for the for the rest of the year. They thought he was going to be out for the rest of the regular season, but he's out for the whole year. Is it now time for the Buccaneers to panic? I believe so, because. Tom Brady is in trouble and Tom Brady is in a situation where he might have to truly be the only lone star. And we know that Tom Brady, he is a great quarterback because of how he is talent wise, you know, with his capabilities, but also with the people that he has played with. And the fact that you lose not one, not two, but three of your big guys out there in that game. I mean, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin for the rest of the year, my goodness, and Mike Evans, that is a big amount of Tampa Bay's offense that Tom Brady is going to miss. And that is going to truly impact him moving forward because we know that the regular season, Tampa Bay will probably be okay. You know, it's not like they're going to lose all their games and they're not going to win their division, or it's not like they're going to not be in the playoffs. That's not even, you know, the case. But beyond the playoffs, going into whether, you know, they go against the Packers or the Cardinals or even the Rams or any of these other teams, I think that there's going to be trouble because if Tom Brady doesn't have his weapons, he's going to have to literally figure out how to win games because I think it's going to be difficult for him to go against these other teams that are primarily healthy and you're going against these quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, um, Aaron Rodgers and all these other guys. Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. So it's going to be tough for the Bucs. And we got to talk about the defense as well. The defense is wishy-washy. 
There are times where they not, don't not that game, not that game, not against the Saints. <laughs> exactly, not that game. And there's been a lot of other games previously where they have not had good defense. So for Tampa Bay, they're in trouble. And I mean, it, it's looking pretty difficult for them to really try to potentially get into the Super Bowl again. Because with all these injuries and trying to make adjustments and all that, because not only do you have to worry about that, you have to worry about Antonio Brown being out. And who knows how much longer he can be out because he's been injured. Rob Gronkowski. I mean, there's just so many, you know, disparities within this team that Tom Brady and everybody else has to deal with. I just don't know how Tampa Bay can really get to the promised land that easily. It's going to be a challenge for them. I think that Tom Brady, he's up for the challenge, but I think it is going to be a pretty difficult challenge because, like I said, these teams are coming in, you know, in the NFC. And we got to mention the Cowboys as well because they're continuing to be a good team offensively and defensively. So for Tampa Bay, it's just not going to be an easy route. Well, I think that the Buccaneers, here's the issue right here. When you lose – Three key players. Three key players, that's going to be an issue right there. Like I said, Mike Evans, he's questionable for next game. Leonard Fournette, he's questionable questionable for next game. Chris Godwin's out for the year. But you got one guy who, who is set to return, and that is Antonio Brown. Yep, the guy who had a fake vaccination card. That guy right there. And like I said before, I'll say this again. When Antonio Brown plays, they are 5-0. and oh. When he doesn't play, they're five and four. So that just tells me that he is needed. He is one, one of the best wide receivers in the game. So they need Antonio Brown. Regardless of how you feel about him as a person or all the dumb stuff he does off the field, they need Antonio Brown. That means that people like Cameron has to step up. O.J. Howard got to step up. Gronk has to step up. These are other weapons on the offensive end that has to step up. And the defense, though, listen, Unless teams are going to be running the football against the Buccaneers, you got to be worried because their secondary is very questionable. And look, Aaron Rodgers, Kyle Murray, that Prescott, they're going to throw that football. And so if if the defense cannot stop the quarterback from throwing that football, we're talking about the Buccaneers defense, by the way, then it's going to be an issue. And so because that defense is suspect outside of, you know, when they go against the Saints, these are things that they got to address. And speaking of the Saints, we got to get credit where credit is due. They're 7-7. Seven seven. They're playing without Jameis Winston, without an actual good, decent quarterback. And I, I, I'm going to be real with you right now. This Saints team has found a way how to expose the Buccaneers. I mean, now the only win that the Buccaneers had was in the playoffs, and that was last season. And let's just be, let's just be real. If it wasn't for Drew Brees th- throwing like three interceptions – I don't know if the Buccaneers even win that game because it's not like Tom Brady had a great game in the playoffs last year when he was going against the Saints. So the Saints has found a way how to expose the Buccaneers offense. Now, I will say this. If I would have told you that this is the first time Tom Brady has been shut out since 2006, 15 years, you'd be like, what? You mean tell me that Tom Brady? I mean, I mean, Tom Brady can't find a way how to get points on the board, on the scoreboard, not even, not even three points, not even six points. You mean tell me he can't make sure that there are points on the scoreboard? Tom Brady, Tom Brady. So I think that's an issue right there. Tom Brady, that last game, he did look like he was uh, pedestrian. I mean, like you right now, he looked like an old man. He looked like, oh, I can't do this anymore. 
because you know he's not really a running quarterback and when he tries to run it it, it is terrible especially yes. with, with little with little with little space because he, he he needs he needs like a lot of room to run <laughs> he ain't got a lot of room that it's a wrap he's gonna he's gonna get hit that's why he you know there's times he got sacked a couple of times and he was fumbling so yeah well he had one fumble by the way so these are issues that that has to be addressed for the Buccaneers and I'll say this because of this game oh my gosh how many times we've been saying oh this this quarterback is in the MVP conversation or this quarterback is in the MVP conversation look at this Lamar Jackson has some bad games that Prescott has some bad games Josh um, Allen has Josh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you know what I'm saying? Now Tom Brady had has had a bad game, you know, maybe more than one bad game. Pat uh, Patch Mahomes also has some bad games. And look at this. Outside of the first game of the regular season, Aaron Rodgers only had one bad game, we think about. Probably one really bad game. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued on who is actually going to be in the like going to be in, well? There, there's a bunch of play, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that's going to be in the MVP race, but as far as who's going to win this MVP, because it's 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 not like the definitive. Oh, he's the MVP, but uh, you know there are people who believe that Tom Brady could have been the NFL MVP front runner. I think that he lost the lead because of the way how he played last game. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, they need Antonio Brown, whether they like it or not. They need him. He'll come back next week when they face against the Panthers. Look, if you look at their schedule, the Buccaneers, they go against the Panthers, Jets, and the Panthers. They go against the Panthers, Jets, and the Panthers again. They should be just fine. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> you're going against Cam Newton twice, and which unfortunately Cam Newton has not been playing very well as of late. But, you know, it is what it is, by the way. So the Buccaneers should be fine when it comes to if they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be just fine. They're going to win their division, so it's going to be easy. But the playoffs is going to be a uh, an- another uh, questions and concerns that we have for the Buccaneers. But it is what it is. So moving on, moving on. So, you know, we got a lot of teams that we could talk about that has fallen off or we could say had a bad loss. But the Arizona Cardinals had a bad loss. <laughs> we Last yeah. week, last week I said, what did I say? I said that, you know, look, well, they're going against the Detroit Lions and that's going to be an easy win for them. And then the Lions just beat them, like beat them 30 to 12. I mean, it was like, whoop, they, they just beat them, like, it, it, with no hesitation. And the, and the Lions are not even that good. Look, I, I ain't mad that the Lions won. I mean, look, they won two games. They don't have to worry about being, you know, being winless this season. So thank God for the Lions that they at least, you know, have a couple wins. But the Cardinals, there's no reason why they should have lost that game. And for them to lose that game, their last – look, let me, just, let me say this. To begin this season, they were seven and zero. In the last seven games, they are three and four. And at home, they are three and three. On the road, they are seven and one. And who would have known that that one loss will be against the Lions? <laughs> okay. So, and the biggest news of them all, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, who is probably going to be out for the year. And uh, you know, best case scenario, if he does come back then they, it would have to be in the NFC championship game, man. I don't even know if that's going to happen, but we'll see what happens. But L'Oreal, do you believe that the Cardinals can make a deep run in the NFC? Absolutely not. I think that the Cardinals have totally made a pit stop, of course, with this Hopkins news, but unfortunately, because of this loss against the Lions, um, there's one thing that we need to address that the Cardinals, they need to work on. 
where's the O-line? Because Kyler Murray, the way that he's been getting smushed and literally trucked by defenses, the Lions, one example. And then where you see Aaron Donald just trying to get at him every single time, where's the O-line? Like, there's little to no protection lately. And to be honest with you, throughout this season when it comes to Kyler Murray, and we know how talented Kyler Murray is, but he needs to clean up his mistakes as well because in that game against the Lions, he probably was frustrated. You can t- see just him throwing the ball where he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just throwing the football. And you have to have more pride and more courage to be able to go out there and compete. And this is what I said when we was asking about whether or not we believe that the Cardinals or the Rams could win the NFC West. I have the Rams because of this reason. I just don't think that the Cardinals, you know, and it doesn't matter if they lose against a bad team or a good team. The point is that I just don't really trust the Cardinals really being that team that can really step up in big situations. And this is a key example. And on top of that, it's going to be much more difficult for the Cardinals, I believe, to even try to move on without Hopkins because now you're asking a lot of guys like A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, even the James Conner, who are very good as running backs and receivers, but you're asking them to move to all the way up in their options. You know, A.J. Green and Christian Kirk, they're about, uh, you know, number three, number four option. You're asking them to be the number one or the number two option. And we saw that against A.J. Green against the Lions, where he, you know, he, he was more demanding of the ball and he had to catch the ball a lot more. And we've seen some good moments, but we've seen some bad moments because we know that with DeAndre Hopkins, he is the number one option, point blank period. And we knew that once the Cardinals, once the Cardinals got Hopkins and we saw him play with Colin Murray, then we see this team somehow winning eight games in the season now. We're seeing this team trying to get to playoff contention. And you know, even though you know, even though they should do good against these three games, realistically, they are going to go to the playoffs. But when we look at this Cardinals team, there is some mistakes that I think a lot of people have to recognize. Because when you're not playing clean defensively, because I mean, my goodness, like, what was that against the Lions? I just don't understand that. And then on top of that, you have so many offensive mistakes by the receivers and Kyler Murray. I just don't trust this team going against any other team in the NFC. I don't trust them going against the Rams. I don't trust them going against the Packers. I don't even trust them going against the Buccaneers. And I think that's one thing the Cardinals have to work on because to see this loss, the Cardinals should be embarrassing themselves. And I'm sure they are, but they should really be embarrassing themselves because it's no way that they should have lost like that. That was unacceptable. Oh, without question, it was. It was definitely unacceptable. But I, I'll just let me just say this right now. Um, well, first, before they even could go deep, they got to at least make it to the playoffs. They haven't been to the playoffs since the 2015 season, which they had Carson Palmer as their quarterback, by the way. And they went all the way to the NFC Championship. But like I said, that's been about five, six years ago. Anyway, um, the Cardinals, let me just say this. They have a chance to once again clinch a playoff spot. They have a chance. Now, can they make the playoffs? They'll Yes. I, I think that everybody is probably saying that, yeah, we believe in the Cardinals. They could be a playoff team. Now, as far as making a deep run, I don't know. I don't know if I could say that I can say that, yeah, they're going to they're going to go deep in the playoffs because here's the deal. 
if they go against the 49ers, do I believe that the Cardinals are going to beat the 49ers? Not necessarily because I think that the, I believe that the 49ers are the most dangerous team in the NFC. I think that when they come to the playoffs, the 49ers are going to be that team that can be a spoiler alert. They can be a spoiler. They can make sure they stop you from having a chance to even go in far to the playoffs. And I think that the Cardinals, for example, as good of a season they had, good team, solid team, you know, no Hopkins, no J.J. White. Look, they have shown you that they can be a solid team. And Kyler Murray, oh, boy, we'll get to Kyler Murray a little bit later. But this Cardinals team, I don't think that they're ready. I don't think that they are that team that you could say they are playoff ready or Super Bowl ready. They're good enough to make it to the playoffs, but I don't think they're ready to win playoff games. And speaking of Kyler Murray, I know that he's been out, you know, for a while and he came back this month. But let me tell you this. In his last three games, Kyler Murray has had three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, three interceptions, and sacked seven times. That can tell you that, yes, their O-line has been bad, but also Kyler Murray has not been that good. And since he's come back, look, I think that Kyler Murray, a guy who was in the MVP conversation, now he kind of is out of it because, well, they keep on losing, especially they have lost three out. They have lost four out of the last seven games. These are things that they have to fix. I don't think that they should be concerned or it will be a failure if they don't go deep to the playoffs. Because I think, look, as long as they make it to the playoffs, they'll be just fine. But if they don't make it to the playoffs, (laughs) oh, man. If they don't make it to the playoffs, listen, even though you don't have DeAndre Hopkins or you don't have J.J. Watt, if they do not make it to the playoffs, I'm not saying that they got to they gotta consider moving Kyler Murray, but either he got to go or the coach got to go because I'm sorry. There is no reason why this team, why this Cardinals team should not be in the playoffs this year. I'm serious. They should be in the playoffs yeah, absolutely. this year. Absolutely. Okay. They should absolutely be a playoff team. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, you went seven and zero, right? And they still have, you know, a versatile offense, and the defense is okay at times. So, like I said, playoff wise, I don't think that you know there's any concerns for the Cardinals, but there's just a main issue of is this Cardinals team just really legit in the NFC? Well, they're like I said, they're a good team. You know, like they got to prove to us that they are for real, that they can be that team that can make a deep run in the NFC playoffs. But right now, I mean, I'm not going to say that they can make a deep run. I mean, well, anything is possible. They can be, but I don't think they will. I think that, look, their first step is to be in the playoffs. That's it. Like I said, unfortunately, J.J. Watt is out and DeAndre Hopkins is out due to due to a knee injury. But it but like I said, I just don't believe in them right now. But the first goal for them is to reach the playoffs. All right, so let's move on real quick. So we were supposed to talk about this last week, but this week I thought that this was the right to bring this up. So Urban Meyer got fired. (laughs) And I think that we probably agree with this, L'Oreal, because last week we thought that, you know, the way how they played this season, before Urban Meyer got fired, they were 2-11. and Now they're 2-12. It doesn't make a difference anyway. They they still were trash. (laughs) Um, like I said, the Jaguars, they have been terrible. They got their bus whoops to the Texans last game. They got their butt whoops against the Tennessee Titans, 20 to zero. And there were already reports that Urban Meyer was having issues with the coaching staff and the players. There was a report that he was, he, he kicked a, one of his kickers. And I think that with all those issues that was going on, that probably was the last straw for the front office and for the, for the owner, L'Oreal. 
did the Jaguars make the right move to fire Urban Meyer? Absolutely. Just fire, well, hiring, I would say. Yes. Urban Meyer. Yes, that, that's, that's <laughs> a good one. It was just absolutely yes. ridiculous for Jacksonville. I mean, just the way that he thought that he could just bring his egotistic personality into this organization, number one. The fact that he thought that he could boss around not only just coaching staff, but players as well. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that he thought that he can somehow humble these guys or whatever, because you know of how prestigious he's been as a coach in Ohio State and all of that. He got humbled real quick. Yeah, real and quick. He realized soon that when he was at Jacksonville, you're working for an organization of the people. And unfortunately, you just don't have the privilege to make the decisions or to have the mindset that you had being Ohio State. Because in Ohio State, you're dealing with college kids. You know, kids that are 19, 18, 20, 21. Well, you're the NFL, of course, you're dealing with young guys like the rookie Trevor Lawrence, but you're also dealing with other people like Marvin Jones, who has been a part of this league for a while, as well as coaching staff, and as well as the people who run the organization in Jacksonville. So you can't just come up in here just thinking that you can call all the shots and everything goes your way. It does not. And I think that Urban Meyer couldn't handle it. And that's why you see him out here just acting crazy, you know, when he's not at work, talking disrespectful to the players and the coaches staff, mm-hmm. belittling them, saying, you know, I worked in such and such. And so for Urban Meyer, for him to think that he can just come into Jacksonville acting like, he can run everything is just completely ridiculous on his part. And that is a big reason why Jacksonville had to let him go because Jacksonville's are in a situation where they haven't been the most stellar organization for quite some while now. And they're trying to move forward. They're trying to move forward with drafting Trevor Lawrence or even younger guys like James Robinson. So I think that Urban Meyer, he was just doing a really great disservice to Jacksonville by being the coach because he wasn't thinking about us. He was thinking about I, and you know, there's no I in team. So for Urban Meyer, it just wasn't going to work out for him to stay in Jacksonville. And as far as I'm concerned, he just needs to go back to college. I think college is where he can strive. College is where he can be the person that he wants to be running his own organization, pretty much calling the shots, getting his own recruits, building a team how he wants to build. In college, you can do that because people will give you money to do that so that you can bring success as well as championships into a school. And that's what Urban Meyer has done, you know, not only for Ohio State, but Florida as well. I just don't see Urban Meyer being, you know, anything on the levels of an NFL coach. Because with an NFL coach, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of pushing your, you know, your pride aside. And it takes a lot of teamwork because when you're working with these guys where there's sometimes where a lot of these guys don't even know if they'll even make, you know, the 50, you know, the 56 man roster by the end of the week, you know, you're dealing with much more serious things than as opposed to college. So Urban Meyer, I think that he just needs to go into his old ways and just be the guy that we know him to be who can bring us championships and success but just at a different level than the NFL. I thought that they made the right move. 
it was about damn time that they made this move. I mean, we, like I said, we spoke about this last week. They had to let him go. It was time to let him go. By the time that they were, I want to say, 0-8 or 0-9 or something like that, we were like, yeah, Urban Meyer, it's time for you to bounce. You got to go. Listen, whatever you do in the NFL is not working. Go back to the NCAA where you wanted to be. I mean, look, in the NCAA, usually in Florida State and Ohio State, he wins. He he has three NCAA college football championships. This guy wins in Florida State. This guy wins in Ohio State. And not only that, you know, he he pretty much wins in bowl games and regular season. So he knows how to win there. And he he has so much control in recruiting players and know of, okay, who can he have come to his football team? Well, football program, I should say. When it comes to the NFL, that's a different level. That's a whole, whole different level because you're dealing with players who are millionaires. You got people who have families, who have lives, who are grown folks. Like they don't take no crap. And the players have more leverage in the NFL than they do in college. In college, they're like teenagers, you know what I'm saying? So it's not so much control. They're trying to make it to the league, you know what I'm saying? But in the NFL, they already made it, and now you're going to tell, tell them, like, yo, this is how we're going to roll. This is how, what we're going to do right here. They're going to look at you like, you're crazy. Like, you can't talk to me that way. Not only that, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I don't even think he should even coach in the NCAA football anymore. I'll be honest right now, because hearing about this, you kicking somebody, you kicking a player and telling them what to do? Um, no. no. I, I, I can say this right now. I have played sports throughout my entire life before I went to college. And not once have I ever had a coach that kicked me or slapped me or do, does, does some stuff that make me want to make sure I hit them back. If anything, they can ye- they yell at me. They would, they, would, they would talk to me like, you know, they, they're being hard on me. But I've never been in a situation where they they put their hands on me because there would have been some problems. Because I'll tell you right now, the day that they put their hands on me, my father would know about it. And my father would go over there and try and say, well, let me just say this. If my father knew that one of the coaches put their hands on me, there would have been some furniture moving. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Absolutely. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, because we don't play that around. Listen, there was already some furniture moving when. <laughs> I, I I got a story. One of the times, uh, one of the coach coach um kicked me off the team one time, and so I told my dad, you know, that I got kicked off the team, and the reason was, you know, it was it was something that was not related to to uh to baseball because I was on the baseball team, and when I told him what happened, my dad said I'll be. He said I'll be there in a minute. Five minutes later, he in the school like it was so fast. <laughs> where are you? And he said where he at? He met the coach. Boom. He already. He went there blazing on him. I mean, and, and the coach was like, <coughs> he was like, he was, it's like he couldn't, he couldn't really talk. Like it's like he was choked. Like he, he like you got to clear up your throat, buddy. Right. <laughs> like it was that bad. But like I said, ain't no coach gonna put his hands on me. And I and no first of all, you shouldn't put your hands on anyone. To be honest, exactly. Period. Like I said, and 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 the fact that the kicker didn't didn't put his hands on him, he just better be lucky because I would have put my hands on Urban Meyer. He would have done that to me. I'm just being honest with you. But anyway, this man has had a bunch of issues. You hire uh, Chris Doley from Iowa who had who had uh, racist remarks with certain players and play and players on that on, in Iowa had issues with him. You hire Tim Tebow for some odd reason. I don't know why. Then you you, you go to a bar with your with your family. And this girl out of nowhere gave you a lap dance. Let's be real. She gave you a lap dance. 
I mean, uh, there's been so many issues that's been going on since you've been with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was time for you to go, buddy. It was time for you to go. And so for me, I, is he going to have a job one day? Yeah, I mean, someone's going to eventually hire him. So listen, is Urban Meyer. Someone's going to eventually hire Urban Meyer. But for me, uh, I don't think he should get another job. But but I do believe that one day he will get another job. Um, you know, but it better not be in the NFL because, whew, like no, I said, it's not again, never. not again. Because next time never. he does that, next time someone does that, next time he kicks somebody, they gonna it's gonna be some furniture moving. I'll tell you that right now. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the NCAA football. So big news happened last week, and Deion Sanders, he he is a genius, by the way, because the number one ranked recruit. Travis Hunter, who in many people's eyes is number one and ESPN, he's number two, but the number one ranked cornerback is now heading to Jackson State, which uh, previously he was committed to Florida State. But thanks to Deion Sanders, he made sure that he decommitted and he's going to be committed to Jackson State for the, the fall of 2022. And this is this is big news right here. He is the highest rated player in FCS history, he is the first rated play or the highest highest recruit player, or should I say the highest recruit to actually go to HBCU. And this is huge. This is big news, especially for HBCUs. L'Oreal, what do you make of this news of Deion Sanders making sure that he recruited Travis Hunter? This is just a truly magnificent move for HBCUs and sports and this is a very important move, especially for Sanders to do this because ever since Sanders has been at Jackson State, he has made a commitment to make sure that he get these recruits and that these students who go to these, you know, who go to this HBCU is getting the best football experience that they can. And that's a lot because we know that HBCUs, we know that these universities like Jackson State. Grambling, Howard, any other HBCUs. Morgan State. You know, Morgan State. It's not like these sports are a waste because a lot of these programs are good programs. And a lot of these programs have history within their conference and just within, you know, the HBCU realm. But the main reason why HBCUs are not getting love is because they're not getting any funding. They're not getting any support. Mm -hmm. So when you have big time guys, like primetime himself coming to your school, or even another example, Hugh Jackson was just hired by Grambling State so that, you know, he can be their football coach. Yes. So when we have more big moves like that, or even, you know, big moves like you see J.R. Smith, he just got a 4.0, you know, at um, mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T and just go, you know, congratulations to him. To see this influx of success and progress within HBCUs, especially within sports, is so important because we're bringing something back to these schools. And, you know, furthermore, we're bringing stuff back to the community because now we can have guys who are willing to go to HBCUs because they're being funded and things like that. And you know what's ironic? What's ironic is that Master P's son, he used to play basketball, I believe, at Jackson State. But Master P pulled him out because Jackson State, you know, that basketball program, quote unquote, didn't get no funding. So, you know, you're doing that while Deion Sanders is actually convincing and doing what he has to do to bring guys like this young man here and bring him, 
you know, you, you know, pretty much changing his mind of going from Florida State to Jackson State. That is what we need to be doing. We need to be using our resources, getting people like Deion Sanders and anybody else that's willing to commit to these schools and to commit to these kids and to commit to these programs. And we're gonna see more and more students, you know, more and more black athletes going to HBCUs. And we're gonna see more and more HBCU love. And it's still a process, but I think that once we have these people with resources and the knowledge like Deion Sanders or Hugh Jackson come to these schools and try to make a difference, then we can see a domino effect of other people contributing as well. And just to clear, it wasn't Jackson State. It was actually Tennessee State, by the way. But anyway, um, I just want to say this right now. I just think that this is special. This is huge right here. And like you said, I mean, the problem is that HBCUs are not being funded like a PWI. And that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. I know that the, 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 the medical staff is not like it is in a PWI. I'm sure that the sports is not the same as a PWI. But at the same time, the money that these PWIs get is, is like, it's humongous. These TV deals, listen, think about this. The NCAA are making billions of dollars off of TV deals right now. And guess where that money is going to? To these, to these universities? And you mean to tell me that you can't do that for HBCUs? Come on now, like for real. Right. So, because when you look at it, especially with these endorsement deals that's now out, you know, saying, you know, thanks for the, for the federal government making these deals and whatnot for getting these college players getting paid. Well, college athletes getting paid for some, you know, for good reasons. But my thing is that I think that high school players should and should be encouraged to go to HBCUs. Too many times they're always told that, you know, you got to go to PWI. If you're doing basketball, you got to go to Kentucky. You got to go to Duke. You know, you got to go yeah. to University of North Carolina. You got to go to Michigan State. You know, you got to go to these universities. They don't say, hey, you got to go to Tennessee State. They don't tell you, you got to go to Howard. They don't tell you that, hey, you got to go to Hampton. They tell you go to these PWIs because that's the that's the biggest brand. That's the that's the nice fancy toy. You know what I'm saying? In football, they'll tell you to go to Alabama. They'll tell you go to Clemson. They will tell you go to maybe Stanford, go to Michigan State or go to these other universities to play, to get your name known college football, but they'll never tell you to go to Jackson state. They'll never tell you say, Hey, you should go to, uh, you know, uh, Gremlin state. They'll tell you to go to, to Howard. And I do agree. If you encourage these high school players who are predominantly black, you know, most of them are black to go to HBCUs, think about how much the game would change. And, and I remember one time someone asked, Nick, Nick Saban, what do you think about Deion Sanders recruiting Travis Hunter? What is he supposed to say? Like, oh, it's bad for the for the league? It's bad for college? No, what, 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 what is he supposed to say? Nick Saban has made sure that he has gotten one of the best recruits, like, like for a long time. He did it in LSU. He did it in Alabama. So he going to get mad that he don't get Travis Hunter, who's number, who's number one in the nation? Really? Like, let's be real. Like, I, I, I'm trying to find out what the, what's the issue is. And it really be your own, sometimes it be on your own people and where people have a problem because they say that Deion Sanders is an opportunist, that he's using these, he's using this college for, for his son to play. He's using Travis Hunter. Like, Deion Sanders is a user, but this dude is giving these kids the opportunity. Listen, they, listen, they just won their conference championship this season. They just yes. have a very good season. Now, of course, they lost their bowl game against South Carolina State, but it, it happens. But they had a successful year. 
they won their own conference championship. They won the um, the, uh, the SWAC championship. They did what they supposed to do. Jackson State had a good season. But we're going to say that Deion Sanders is a user. When all these these white coaches and these PWIs Thank don't you. these players, huh? Thank you. Especially Thank the ones, you. especially the ones who wasn't even getting paid, who didn't have endorsement deals at the time. We gonna we gonna look at Deion Sanders. That that the the hypocrisy that I see on a regular basis is a disaster. If players want to go to HBCUs, let it be known. Let them go. Stop being mad because they chose to go to these PWIs. I mean, they don't they, they don't go to these PWIs. It's like it reminds me of one time when, you know, like when it comes to basketball players, when Brandon Genius talked about how there was a time that he didn't that he was going to go to college, but instead he went overseas to make his way to the NBA. And a lot of people thought that Brandon Genius was dumb to go to overseas. They thought that, and that was the time when, yeah, that that was out of the ordinary. At that time, not a lot of players would go overseas to make their way to the NBA. They did the same thing to Lamelo. Right. I thought that the mellow was done for going to, you know, Lithuania, but yeah, and then Australia, it really yeah, worked. <laughs> right. It, it listen, they found a way how to make it work, and and, and not only that, they got paid. Now, but we we're seeing we're seeing players like Jalen Green and others that went to the G League to make their way to the NBA. Dwayne Wade's son is doing the exact same thing. So when so I just think that people now know that there are other ways to make it to the league besides just going to a PWI. Look, PWIs, they people have donated so much money to PWIs like it's nothing. I mean, Duke is getting millions of dollars. Uh, uh, like it's, it's just crazy. Well, I think that HBCUs should get credit as well. The HBCUs should always be donated. For me, listen, I went to Western Michigan University in my undergrad, and I went to Central Michigan University as a graduate student. But I would say, and I and I listen, I don't regret anything. I enjoy all my times at Western and Central. But if I could do it all over again, I would go to HBCU. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. For real. Like, and I, you yeah. know what's funny? Like before I picked Central, I remember I really wanted to go to, you know, FAMU. Mm. And I remember in Harrison, Harrison High School, they had um, a guy, um, you know, and, and that was um, one of the kids' fathers. And he was a graduate from FAMU. And I remember he told me so much about FAMU's journalism program and how great it was and how it really gets you, you know, get your foot in the door, you know, with sports and all of that. And I, and I was just amazed. And, you know, of course I still have time if I wanted to, you know, to go back to school, but definitely <laughs> I think, you know, going to HBCU, here's my thing. There's nothing wrong with not going to HBCU. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going with HBCU. Wherever you go to is wherever you go to, because, the way this economy is, the way this world is, it's not everybody cannot just go to college. So wherever you go to, wherever you go to. But when you see people like Deion Sanders and even people who played in the NFL, like Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp, he went to Savannah State. Right, right. And then you see, you know, a whole bunch of other NFL players who have went to HBCUs. We just have to keep the trend going. As long as we keep the trend going, then we can see improvements in these HBCUs beyond sports. And we can see improvements in our people going to these schools and really, you know, taking ownership and having pride in these schools. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and think about this too, because everybody has an issue with that. South Carolina State, Jackson State, Grambling State, and Morgan State, they all have had at least four Hall of Famers in it that were in the NFL. 
four Hall of Famers, four Hall of Famers. That's the same as Florida State, Georgia, Purdue, Stanford, and Wisconsin. That's more than Auburn, BYU, Clemson, Florida, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Washington. But yet we're going to have an issue. But yet we're going to have this issue because they decided to go to HBCUs. It is just ridiculous to me. Like I said, shout out to Deion Sanders. And like I said, just for anything, like, you know, support, support HBCUs for sure. Like I, you know, I haven't, I haven't donated any money. I haven't donated anything to, to WMU or CMU, but I, but I'll tell you one thing, I'll definitely donate to, to HBCUs. I mean, Samuel Jackson and his wife donated $5 million to Morehouse and Spelman. You know, Spike Lee also donates to Morehouse. Michael Jordan also donates to HBCUs, Oprah as well. You know, so these are these are things that's very important because it's important for us to to support and donate to our institution. All right, so moving on from this topic. So L'Oreal, COVID has been a big deal. I mean, obviously it ain't going nowhere. I mean, the Omarion COVID, you know, it's going crazy around here, but you know, it's not called Omarion. But anyway, so for sports, I mean, these new th- we are in a new wave right now. Just like last year when there was a huge wave during the winter, it's coming back once again. The, according to the NFL, there are 47 players that have reached health and safety protocols. And one of the players, you know, who was in it, Odell Beckham Jr., he now has come out. But Tyreek Hill and I believe Travis Kelsey are, are entering protocols. In the NBA, more than 70 players have entered health and safety protocols. 25% of the players have at least been in health and safety protocols. And for the NHL, hockey, more than 15% of its players have entered health and safety protocols. The NHL, what they chose to do, they decided to at least pause the season and wait, wait and see how it goes, and then they'll come back next week. So they said, you know what? We're going to go ahead, have a holiday break, as they call it, and then they'll come back two days after Christmas. Should eSports League shut down at this moment? I think they should because we've been in this situation the first time around. We realized that COVID was indeed, you know, real and existing. And we've seen that continual spread. And we're seeing the same exact continual spread. We saw it first within basketball where, you know, with the Chicago Bulls, almost every single player, you know, had COVID or was in health and safety protocols. The NBA is having issues where a lot of these teams don't have a complete roster. So there might be a chance where their game gets postponed and they can't play. We see the same thing in the NFL where multiple coaches and players are in health and safety protocols. And then with the NFL, they're thinking about postponing games. We're seeing the same thing with hockey. And I think it's just wise to just take a break. Now, why they're not going to take a break as soon as they can? Because it's the holidays. And especially for the NBA they're not willing to cancel their Christmas games. And oh, yeah. now they're working on making proposals to try to readjust the times of these games because they are being aware of what's going on and they're trying the best that they can. And also people got to understand that too. These leagues are not just going to stop and hold. They got to process. They got to make a plan or something because obviously – we heard, you know, since this Omicron variant has existed, it has been 
spreading around. And then, you know, as days and weeks has gone by, we've been hearing more about how severe it is. We've been hearing more about how, you know, severe it is to other people, how severe it is to the economy and all these type of things. And that is where we're at right now. And it seems like every single day, we're getting more and more COVID cases, more and more players entering health and safety protocols, just more and more stuff that's just going on that's putting the damper into things like sports. And I think that is very reasonable if anything, you know, after the holidays and the new year, they got to shut it down. They got to just pause it because once you pause it, then we can start to see hopefully if these cases are going to downtrend or uptrend because unfortunately we are in winter. And in winter, we've seen the same thing last year and we've seen the same thing in 2019 where people starting to get more sick and more people starting to get COVID. But now with all these types of variants going around, we, we don't really know the true you know, severity of this virus still. So in order for us to better prepare that, we have to make precautions by just pausing and just, you know, and just at the very least taking a step back. Because trust me, a lot of people, we're not caring about sports and stuff. We have global warming, tornadoes, student loans. We have a lot of issues <laughs> that's going on. So, loans. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So sports balls just for, you know, you know, just for a little bit, then that's totally fine. Because we rather sports take a pause now than for a situation to happen where all suddenly we we see um we see sports being canceled. Yeah, I think that each sports league should take a pause this, you know, at, at this at this moment. If they chose to say, you know, let's do two or three weeks, that's fine with me. I think that they that they should do it. I mean, you don't want a situation where someone gets COVID and then you find out that it's it's they have a severe illness or you know they have to be in the hospital for months or of the situation where hopefully this doesn't happen someone dies and this this omicron variant is is a big deal i mean like i said last year there was a there was a huge wave that was a big deal especially during the holidays and even this time we are in the holidays once again and look people we all know people are going to come into people's houses they're going to talk they're going to be say it's all cool and look, not everybody is vaccinated, but even if you are vaccinated, you could still get the virus. We all know that. I mean, this Omicron variant, it's 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 a bigger deal than the Delta. I mean, it's it's crazy right now. And this COVID, look, we we I think that a lot of people thought that once the vaccine came, oh, everything was gonna be good, everything's gonna be fine. Like it's kind of like people forgot. I mean, if you if you look at the state of Texas, they have no mass mandate. I mean, they they don't care not one Texas. They have not any mandate. Right, Florida, right. lots of Florida, uh, Georgia. I mean, some of these states down south, they don't care. They don't care. I had a friend that told me, in South Carolina, ain't nobody had a mask on. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, what's a mask? <laughs> like for real, this COVID thing is still real, and you you can definitely tell that like who's taking it serious or not. I hate the fact that every single time I go out the house, I got to have a mask. I Listen, I, I hate it so much that I, I have like a thousand masks in the car right now. Like, that's how, like, seriously, everywhere I go, I wear a mask. And I, I don't want to have COVID. I already got one shot, you know, the Johnson Johnson. I already got my booster a couple months ago. And I didn't want to take it, but I took it anyway, because I want to have a less chance, lesser chance to get COVID. 
and so far I have not had COVID. Thank God I, I haven't. One of my cousins actually had COVID last year. And thank God she, you know, she's done with that. A few of my friends actually had COVID. And one of them actually passed away. I actually, I had two of them actually passed away. And so when I hear about people that don't take COVID seriously, it does bother me. And for me, look, I have no, I think everybody should get vaccinated. But if you don't, make sure you wear a mask, make sure you're careful. Um, if And let me just be real, real right now. If you want to say that, you know, I don't want to get the vaccine because there's a microchip or, I, you know, I don't know what the government is going to do. Then when you get COVID, don't go to the hospital. That's all I got to say. Don't go to the hospital. No, 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 no. Don't, don't ask for the doctor's help. Don't ask for any nurses. Don't ask for anybody who's in the, who's in the med field for some help to try to get rid of COVID. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I got to say. But other than that, I think that these sports leagues should take a break. They should take a break, you know, chill. Because like I said, for the NBA on Christmas Day, it's a big deal. And like I said, when it comes to the NBA, Christmas, Christmas Day, these games make a lot of money. And you know, in the yes. holidays, everybody sits down, want to watch the games and whatnot. So it, it's interesting. I mean, Hawks versus the Knicks. Trey Young is probably not going to be there. Lakers versus Nets. Uh, KD, Harden, and possibly Kyrie Irving, who we're going to talk about, is not going to be there. And AD's not going to be there either. For the Mavericks versus the uh, Jazz, I mean, Luka Doncic is not going to be there due to injury, but still, he ain't going to be there. It's, it's crazy. Giannis, when he goes against the Celtics, won't even be there. Well, the Bucks will go against the Celtics, but you know what I mean. Giannis is not going to be there. You know, Brooke Lopez is out due to uh, due to a back surgery. So uh, Celtics, who else? Josh Richardson and Al Horford, he, they're also out. So, you know, things like this. Jordan Poe and Andrew Wiggins are out yeah, too, which... For Golden State versus... Oh, man, which is it's painful because Andrew Wiggins is on my fantasy team, man. Ugh, this... Wow. I'm getting tired of COVID right now. But this... But when you look at the situation, this could be... I mean, it, this this these Christmas games can be... Uh, I don't know how it's going to be <laughs> <laughs> because if your stars are going to be out, then what you, then how are you going to make this money if people don't want to see them play? Um, you know, so we're just going to see what happens. But like I said, I think, like I said, we both agree. They need to shut it down at this moment. Like I said, two or three weeks is fine. Then they could come back, you know, in the middle of January and see how it goes. That's how the NHL is going to do it. They're going to take some time off, you know, for at least a week and see how next week and the next two weeks go. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of the vaccine and someone who isn't vaccinated, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about this guy. So it is reported that Kyrie Irving is going to return to play in the NBA. He is coming back, but he will come back as a part-time player. So as you know, with all these players in, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets, we they have about, I want to say, nine or ten players that have entered health and safety protocols. Now, like I said, just because you, you enter health and safety protocols doesn't mean you necessarily have it. You're just exposed by it, you know, whoever has it around your area, but you just have to enter it, by the way. But anyway, so Kyrie Irving is coming back. Now, when is he coming back? We don't know if it's going to be later this se- later by the end of this December or next next month, probably going to be next month. We'll see what happens. But but he's going to return. And obviously, everybody, you know, is having, you know, issues here and there. But L'Oreal. So did the Brooklyn Nets make the right move to bring Kyrie Irving back as a part time player? I don't think so, because. Why are you bringing him back as a part-time player? I'm sorry, but I just can't take this seriously. So you're saying that Kyrie Irving is just only going to play role games and he just gonna, he's going to practice with the team at home, but he can't play no home games, but he can play role games. 
Well, except except he can't play in New York, you know, against the Knicks, and he can't play in Toronto because you know Toronto they have their own you know rules when it comes to the vaccine COVID stuff. But go ahead. Exactly. So for me, it's just either you want to play or you don't want to play. And you know what? It's just mad funny to me that Kyrie Irving all of a sudden wants to play right when we're seeing this influx of health and safety protocols. I, I just I just really find it mad funny. And I mean, of course, it makes sense for them to bring Kyrie because of what is happening. So, of course, if he is eligible to play, then he can play. And of course, you know, that will help the Nets because even though the Nets are still first in the East and they have done well defensively, James Harden has made an impact, even though he's still not doing well offensively. And Kevin Durant is having the MVP season right now. So, of course, the Brooklyn Nets will love to have Kyrie back. And I think that they will be okay once they have Kyrie back. But I just really think this whole thing is a laughing matter of him trying to be a quote-unquote part-time participant. Because who knows? That's pretty much it's, that's pretty much saying and allowing Kyrie Irving to leave whenever he wants to, as far as I'm concerned. Because, I, because realistically, if he doesn't want to play, he don't want to play. And he has done that before where he has left for multiple games for personal reasons. So like I said, even though the Nets realistically will be in the picture where they will either, you know, come out of the East or be in the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion, because you have Kevin Durant playing as good as you have. And not only that, you're seeing more improvements defensively so far, which is good. But other than that, I just think that this whole thing of Kyrie being a part-time player, I just don't like it. And I just don't think that the Nets made the right decision of doing it. Well, I think that Kyrie Irving does want to play. I do believe that he deep down inside wanted to play. It's just that, look, if they if they said that you, you can't come play as a part-time player, then you ain't going to play as a part-time player. He was willing to play as a part-time player because the only games that you could play is on the road due to, look, due to New York City, who has a vaccine mandate. So that's his city mandates. What are you going to do about that? But anyway, the only reason why the Nets are bringing him back, I think here there are three reasons. One is you see you see they have about nine, 10 players who are in health and safety protocols. So that's one. Number two, Kevin Durant and James Harden. Well, James Harden is struggling offensively. Kevin Durant, he's playing heavy minutes. And do you want him to go through that through the entire season? Then come playoff time, he could be spent. I don't think you want him to play you know, also been dealing with injuries too. Right, exactly. You don't want him to play over 40 minutes in a regular season just to make sure they can stay as the number one seed. But the main reason why they brought back Kyrie Irving, I think that this is the third reason, because deep down side, they knew for a fact they're not going to win a championship without Kyrie Irving. They know Absolutely. for a fact. When you saw, listen, even though this is it's the beginning of the season, well, it's not the beginning, it's the second quarter of the season. When the Brooklyn Nets saw that they lost to the Bulls twice, the Suns, the Warriors, the Bucks, and the Miami Heat, they knew that it was time to panic. Even though they have the number one seed in the East, and they can still come out the East without Kyrie, they knew that if they want to win a championship, they need Kyrie Irving. And look, I know that Kyrie Irving right now, he's unvaccinated, which is kind of weird because you... While everybody who's vaccinated, who, who well, everyone in New York City is vaccinated, so you know that's guaranteed. But while everyone is going through health and safety protocols, you just brought back a guy who's unvaccinated, you know what I'm saying? So to be a part time player, right? To be I a part time player, right? Anyway, they truly believe that they can't win without Kyrie, they can't win a championship without Kyrie. As even as Isaiah Thomas said, 
the way how this team is constructed, they will not win a championship without Kyrie Irving. And that's true. They can't. Now, whether he gets vaccinated or not, I don't know. I, I heard the reports that he could get the plant-based vaccine, which, like I said, I heard about it. It, look, plant-based yeah, <laughs> look, if the, the 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 vegan vaccine, if he gives it, cool, that's fine. Then he can play home games. That's all cool. But other than that, listen, th- if anything, this man has to be vaccinated by a certain period of time. Because I don't know if they're going to be able to trade him <laughs> by, by the trade deadline because who's going to want Kyrie Irving? So that's going to be something right there. Now, it's a possibility that he can be traded, but we don't know what's going to happen. But if they keep him after this trade deadline, then all eyes is going to be on Kyrie Irving for sure. Because the only thing you're going to wonder, are they going to win a championship with Kyrie Irving as a part-time player? If they don't win a championship this season with Kyrie Irving as a part-time player, listen, they're going to blame James Harden. They're going to blame Kevin Durant. But they are sure as hell going to blame Kyrie Irving. Y'all thought it was bad when Stephen A. Smith was getting on Kyrie Irving because he didn't get vaccinated. Do you understand if the Nets don't win a championship this season? Do you understand the Nets fans, New York City, they're going to go crazy for Kyrie Irving? They're going to say, well, you're not in it for the team. Why are you here in Brooklyn? You should just leave. If you don't want to be here, just leave. You don't want to be here for the team. You don't want to be here for the team like that. That is going to be a big deal. So there will be an amount of pressure on Kyrie Irving if he's going to be a part-time player. Just playing road games, that, that's going to be something right there. That's especially, not enough for me. Right, especially, they, especially if they're going to have home court advantage. So my thing is that I can see this. I, I would say this. It's the right move at this moment, at this moment. But after this trade deadline, oh, it's going to be some problems because I don't believe they can win a championship with Kyrie Irving as a part-time player. Now, to get to the finals, that's cool. But there's going to be a series where if Kyrie Irving is a part-time player, I don't know. I, I just think that that's going to be an issue because one of those games is like, if he's not there at home, people are going to say, well, do you guys believe that y'all would have won this series if Kyrie Irving was playing? So I just think that those are the questions that uh, won't be asked as of right now, but we'll, but we'll be asked come playoff time. Because like I said, because they don't really need Kyrie until like mid-January which they will start having their road trip because because from mid-January into All-Star break, that is when they're going to have most of their road games. So that is when they're going to use Kyrie Irving for most of that time. So at least he's a body. You know, they'll use him for that. But uh, other than that, you know, it's it's going to be some problems after All-Star break if if he's not vaccinated because or if they don't want a championship. But that's just me. Um, I don't think this is a shocker, but Anthony Davis is out. And he's out yeah. for four weeks. Uh, he's out due to a MCL sprain. And uh, it's, it's on his left knee, I believe. I mean, it's, it's it, thank God it's not an ACL tear. You know, at least he didn't get a torn ACL tear. That's, that's the best part about that. But he's hurt. And this is not a shocker that he is hurt. Look, we could talk about Anthony Davis, how he has played this season. I mean, the numbers, you know, you can speak for yourself. But the way how he plays on the court, every single time he plays, he don't want to play the five. He's, he's always holding something, his arm, his leg, his stomach, his rib. He's always getting hurt. For some reason, he just looked like a fragile player. I mean, that's how he looks like it. And for this man to be out for the next four weeks, at least four weeks, this is a problem for the Lakers. And the Lakers, they have, they have had uh, a lot of issues, whether it's their defense, whether it's their offense, 
rather, you know, who, who can stay healthy. But uh, <laughs> I find it's very intriguing uh, that for some reason, another player is out. I mean, and Trevor Reza, he hasn't even made his season debut yet. I mean, we're, we're still waiting for a reason to come back. Anthony Davis, uh, I, I don't know how to bring this up with this guy. Like I said, even though he's averaging, what, 23, 24 points, nine rebounds, this man stays hurt. And I just remember, and I just want to bring something up. They're 16 and 15. They go against the Suns tonight. And, you know, that can go either way. I know that, you know, there's somebody who believes in the Lakers still. But anyway, I just want to go back to something that somebody said. And it's their old LeBron James. You know, me and LeBron, we're close like this. Remember what he said on Twitter that you that you actually uh, said that you quoted L'Oreal a couple, you know, a couple months ago? Yes, I remember that. Yes. And I just want to go back to what LeBron James said before uh, before he deleted on that tweet on Twitter. You know, say he before he deleted that tweet. This is what LeBron James said. Keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, the way he plays. He stay injured. We're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Hashtag. Thank you, King. <laughs> um, L'Oreal, this sounds about right. We're going to still talk about your squad. Personal ages, well, they are past their prime. There's a lot of players on that team, on that Lakers team, they are past their prime. The way how he plays, well, uh, Russell Westbrook style to play, uh, it, 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 it's not delusional. I mean, the, this man I mean, this man has the longest streak in NBA history with a turnover. I mean, shoot, I mean, each game, this man is having at least one turnover. I mean, Russell Westbrook just is a turnover machine, by the way. Uh, he stay injured. AD, well, apparently AD stays injured. Past their prime, we already talked about that. All I know is that people had so much expectations thinking that this Lakers team was going to win the championship if, not, if, if they're not going against the Nets, that they were going to win at ease, saying they have an easy road to go to come out the West. That if you got to choose the Lakers or the field, you're choosing Lakers. And look, I already said what I had to say about this. I've already said plenty of times why the Lakers are not that good. They're not who you expect them to be. And I'm just going to say this right now. Like I said before, they will not make it to the Western Conference Finals. L'Oreal, you go ahead and say what you got to say. I said what I have to say about this Lakers team. All I'm going to say is that it's December, but I told you so. <laughs> well, for the Lakers, they're not winning anything this year. And it's clear. This Lakers team, they're not 100%. They haven't been 100%, and I don't think we're surprised that they're not 100% because Anthony Davis is prone to injuries. LeBron James has been out. A multitude of players has been out. This team hasn't been 100%. Also, this team is very bad defensively. We have seen a lot of games, especially recently against the Timberwolves, where the Lakers are not playing defense. And it's quite clear why they are losing these games, especially against teams under 500, because the Lakers are not playing defense. And it doesn't even matter at this point if they have Anthony Davis or if they don't, because I don't see the Lakers improving anytime soon. And, you know, there's been a lot of talks about us thinking that we should wait until January or February to see how this Lakers team is. I think that we know 
what this league, Lakers team already is. This is a team that is primarily older, who can't play defense, offenses and all that, and you're struggling to beat teams. Literally, you're struggling to beat teams and you're struggling to win games in the regular season. And that's why they're seventh place. And I just don't see them going that far. I really don't. As far as I'm concerned, the Lakers could be a play-in team and I wouldn't even be surprised. Well, in the words of George Bush, George W. Bush, fool me once, same on you. You fooled me once, you can't get fooled again, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and there's a lot of Laker fans, a lot of bronze sexual fans that keep on getting fooled. They want to believe that this Lakers team going to turn it around and they're going to come off the West. Sorry, folks, it ain't happening. It definitely is not happening. And I remember that there were reports back that, the, that there's a possibility that they could trade Russell Westbrook. And can you imagine if Westbrook gets traded? I mean, do you know how devastated he will be if he gets traded, I mean, oh, Lord have mercy. I mean, that would be something. But <laughs> come on now. This Lakers team is not going anywhere. At best, they could go to the playoffs. They could win a playoff series, but they're not going to the Western Conference Finals. That's it, guys. And, and, and look, LeBron don't have it anymore. He's in year 19, and AD is fragile. He keeps on getting hurt for some odd reason. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. This is what you get. <laughs> And the team's not all that. I like Malik Monk. I like THT. I like Carmella Anthony. What don't you, what do you guys like? What don't you guys like? Like for real. <laughs> oh God. For real. Well, they're not doing too much, that's for sure. Four players in the top 75 list. Four players in the 75, 75th anniversary in the NBA. Four players. And they struggling. So let's go ahead and talk about some Major League Baseball. So I just want to bring this up right now because we haven't talked about this in a, in a while. Since December 1st, Major League Baseball has been in a lockout. And look, that means that there has been no winter, you know, moves or anything, no free agency moves. All we know is that there, there was a Mets manager move, by the way. Uh, you know, we have one new manager that will be with the New York Mets, by the way. So we do have one move. But other than that, since December 1st, CBA expired. The Player Association and the owners haven't been talking like that. I mean, they've been talking here and there as of late, but no moves have been made. But right now, you know, everyone's kind of thinking, well, are we going to go on a strike during the season? But I'll be real with Loyal. I think that this lockout will probably go probably around next month or at, at worst, February. But I don't think it's going to go towards, you know, later on spring training or to the season. I think that eventually, listen, the players are going to want what they want and the owners are going to want what they want. They're going to come to agreement with the CBA and then boom, that's it. Um, I seriously doubt that they're going to run this course for the next couple, next few months and possibly, you know, push the season. So to me, I'm not worried. This lockout season, well, this I'll say this lockout, it's it's at least it's during the offseason right now. I mean, we've seen lockouts like the NFL, like the NBA. And when you, we, we saw what happened 10 years ago, last time when they, when the NBA had their lockout that yeah. affected the whole season. So to me, I don't think this is a big deal. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, listen, it's a, it's a deal because it's, it's going on right now, especially, like I said, they haven't had a deal done since December 1st, but right now I'm not worried. 
another thing too, let's give a shout out to the Mets new manager, uh, Buck Showalter. Uh, he is the new manager. Shout out to him. And that's who Max Scherzer wanted. That's what the team wanted. So shout out to him. And hopefully the Mets can make it to the playoffs next season. Oh, yeah. And just another thing, we have just got a report right now from, an, well, I should say an update from Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA. He says that he has no plans of pausing the season. So he said that the league has looked at all the options, but doesn't see logic in stopping the season. Okay. Well, that's his, that's his take and the NBA will be rolling. I guess they're going, (laughs) yeah, that's that. That's all we got to say. I mean, that's how I see That's, that's how he see it, I guess. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So since Christmas is coming up pretty soon, let's go ahead and talk about this. This weekend is going to be interesting and they will have NBA Christmas games. So let's go ahead and bring this up. Hawks versus Knicks. Who you got, L'Oreal? I'm going to go with the Knicks at home. I think they're going to take care of home turkey. Wow, this is interesting. I mean, possibly no Trey Young. Uh, wow. Uh, you know what? I'm going to live. I'm probably going to pick the Knicks just because the Knicks are at home. And hopefully it would, you know, it will make the Knicks fans happy. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure Zay will be happy if the Knicks yes. win on Christmas Day. So we'll see what happens, you know, for the opening. All right, next up, Celtics versus Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Hopefully, Giannis can come back. But even if he can't, I think Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, everybody else can still hold the fort, especially at home. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think, I think Chris Middleton is still out, is he? Um, I think he's I'm still not out. sure. I just, I just heard that recently that Giannis it's in health and safety protocols. So well, it's well, going to take him longer to come back. Yeah, so right now it says that he's out. Well, look, well, here's what I do know. It says that right now he is out. Rodney Hood is, is day-to-day. So we'll definitely see what happens. Giannis, we don't know. I, I don't think he's going to play on Christmas Day, if you ask me. With that being said, I think that the Celtics will win. I think the Celtics will beat the Bucks on the road. And look, it's just Josh Richardson and Al Horford that's out as of right now, but... We'll see what happens. Robin Williams, bro, Robert Williams is day-to-day, so we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm going to pick the Boston Celtics to beat the Bucks. All right, next up, Warriors versus Suns. I'm going to go with Golden State. I think that they can get the job done against Phoenix in the Valley. And even though Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole is out, you still got Steph Curry, you still have Draymond Green. And I'm looking to see more from Damon Lee and from these other role players as well. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns because Devin Booker, I mean, he, he's back already, but he will be playing DeAndre, um, hold on, DeAndre Aiden will be playing. So with that being said, obviously you have Chris Paul, Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, and others. I think that the Suns at home will beat the Golden State Warriors. You still don't have Klay Thompson. He'll be back next semester. Well, not next semester. I'm thinking about school. What the heck? He'll be back next month. <laughs> Jordan Poole's gone. He, well, he's out. James Wiseman hasn't played yet. Andrew Wiggins. Even though, yes, you got Damian Lee. You got Kevon Looney, Draymond Green. You have Iggy. You have Otto Porter Jr. I just don't think that it's going to be enough for the Warriors to beat the Suns on the road. Yeah. All right. So um, kind of the main event, Nets versus Lakers. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lakers because there's a good majority of Mets players being out, and I just don't see them being, you know, or the majority of them coming back in time for Christmas. So 
Hopefully the Lakers can hold down the fort at home, but I'm gonna go with LA. I'm going with the Lakers. <laughs> uh, that, I, that sounded fake as hell when I said that. I, I'm going, I'm going with, with the Lakers. <laughs> that sounded real fake when I said that. But uh, the, but the reason why I'll go with the Lakers because I'm just looking at the Nets. Like I said, nine or ten players are in health and safety protocols. We don't even know if Kyrie Irving is going to play. I'm not sure if James Harden or Kevin Durant is going to play, but we do know that Russell Westbrook and LeBron James will play. AD's not playing, of course, but LeBron, a, uh, Russell Westbrook will play. I don't know when Lameek, uh, sorry, Malik Monk will come back or Kent Bazemore or THT. We don't know when those guys are coming back, but I just think that because of who the Lakers are playing against, the Lakers should, by the way, they should, and I believe they will beat the Nets. So, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to say much. They beat a, a Kevin Durant or James Harden-less Nets team, but they will get a dub. I, I do see that. And, huh, if they lose to the Nets, <laughs> oh, boy, well, you already know the deal. All right, last but not least, let's go ahead and talk about the last Christmas game, Mavericks versus Jazz. I'm going with Utah. Unfortunately, Luka being out, I just don't see this Mavericks team really being the Jazz, and I think the Jazz, they got it on lock. Yeah, me too. I'm going with the Utah as well. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been playing very well. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, uh, Royce O'Neal, Brianovich, Joe Ingles, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson. Those guys have been playing very well, so shout out to those guys. Not only that, I got to say this, but... Uh, like not just Luca, but also Porzingis is also out as well. So that's going to be an issue for them. So for me, Dallas has been disappointing. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. They've been very disappointed this season. But like I said, I'm going with the Jazz. All right, folks, that's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 53. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on YouTube, folks. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, download us, folks. I want you to share this, like this for your family members, to your friends, to your what else? Your associates, we hear this, the holidays, baby, you know, the deal is. But before we go, I do want to bring this up because this is kind of like our, well, it is our one year anniversary of the Bounce Podcast. We've been doing this for almost a year and we actually started recording on December 23rd, 2020 during the, during the pandemic. And I just want to say this right now, just to keep it short, but before, before this time happened, I actually previously did this in 2017 with somebody and you know we did it for a short amount of time but then we stopped and I decided that I wanted to bring this back in I think that this pandemic really influenced me to have this podcast come back once again and L'Oreal I remember when I first asked you if you want to be a part of the bounce podcast you was like absolutely and I was like what <laughs> that was quick <laughs> that was so fast and like I said, we've been doing this for about a year now. And like I said, one year, one year anniversary. I remember our, our first episode together, especially when you were so confident that Kevin Durant was going to win MVP last season. And I said, it's going to be Damian Lillard. Oh man. Uh, we have so many great memories. And I would say that, you know, I definitely appreciate you on being a, being a part of this and being a co-host of the bounce podcast. And I truly appreciate you, Jabari. I mean, around this time last year when you told me about this podcast and your vision of making this come true, I was on board. And that's why I immediately say absolutely, because ever since then, we have done so many great takes. 
We had so many great discussions. We have had so many great guests on the show. And I really felt like we have truly been embarking on this vision of just creating a sports podcast that anybody at any age group level, just anyone who loves sports can just listen to this podcast. They can get their daily dosage of news as well as opinions from me and you. And I'm just so grateful to be doing this, you know, for almost a year. And this is just great to just have this happen, you know, right around this time, because, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people like you and me, we were shocked to figure out that sports might not be coming back or just seeing these pauses and all these things happening around the world. So for us to do this podcast and be dedicated to it every single week, I mean, we haven't took an entire week off since we started last year. Mm -hmm. So just to think about that, you know, the dedication and just how far we came, we should both be proud of ourselves because this has truly been one of the greatest things that I've been a part of and one of the greatest things that I've seen come to life. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely enjoy this. And I want to say this, a uh, shout out to Isaiah Bermudez, Zay, uh, Isaiah Johnson as well, part of NBA Fan Club on Clubhouse. Yes, Give sir. a shout out to John Robertson, shout out to Phil, shout out to the rest of the other people that that definitely has been a guest on the show. And we're going to have many more. And I, you'll definitely uh, find out, we got, we got a few interviews uh, coming up next week where we'll let you guys listen to on the holidays. And like I said, and you guys are going to appreciate this for sure. And, you know, and we'll be seeing you guys on the New Year's for sure for more content for sure. This won't be the last time and we will be rolling. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Bounce Podcast, episode 53. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host L'Oreal. Christmas, Happy New Year's.